amigas. I'm Holly Beck, and it's time for Second Breakfast, a podcast by Surf with Amigas. We are big fans of Second Breakfast. It's that time during our retreats when we sit around the table, usually after surf, and have engaging discussions about life, current events, and of course, all things surfing. We aim to inspire, empower, and educate while connecting to a community of women surfers through storytelling. Sharice Richards is one of my favorite people. You may know her as Reese. She is the head yoga teacher at Surf with Amigas. And this week, we are going to be hearing from her a little bit about her background and her perspectives on yoga and really what yin and restorative yoga are. But first, in order to get a feel for who Reese is, she is going to share some stories. Hello, surfers of the world, especially female surfers. This is Sharice Richards. Everyone calls me Reese, and I am a dingus. And therefore, a lot of dumb stuff happens to me because I am dumb. <laughs> and so lots of, lots of misadventures have happened in this girl's life. And here are just a few of them. Enjoy. All right, amigas, amigos, perhaps, your story time. Buckle up. This is riveting. I have a house in Nicaragua, and it is very beautiful. I love my house so much. It's cute. It's small. And it is somewhat outdoors. There's no walls on the kitchen, for example. There is a roof missing in the bathroom. So there are oftentimes creatures lurking in the shadows, including, but not limited to, snakes, tarantulas, uh, scorpions, and very cute little frogs, which are the least um, threatening of all of the species that I find in my house. And they are attracted to the water because it gets really dry sometimes. So I would find them coming out of the um, sink in my bathroom. And they come out of the sink faucet and like every time I turn on my sink faucet, they come squirting out and they're little and cute and it's hilarious at first. And then it gets really annoying because I'm just, they land on my toothbrush and I'd have to put tin foil around my faucet to keep them from coming out. And I would, they're in my shower faucet head too. So I would turn on the shower and be like staring up at the faucet and they'd come squirting at my face. And I also have an electric tea kettle that I put water in every night so that in the morning when I go to make my coffee, all I have to do is switch it on and Bob's your uncle, my coffee is ready. And <laughs> I don't know how many times I just added water without looking inside the tea kettle many days. I know it was many, many days because when I finally did look into in the tea kettle to wash it out one day, I found floating limbs, corpse, boiled, dead frog body that looked like it had been boiled many, many times. And I definitely was drinking dead frog corpse water coffee for maybe a week or two. And that was the most disgusting thing that happened to me in my house with the animales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Well, I switched from using the tea kettle to using a coffee machine maker that does not have access for frogs to go into. So now I don't worry about it so much, but they do still squirt out of my shower head. So I just came to live with that. And now I know not to stand right underneath the shower when, when I turn it on. <laughs> and that's my story. All right. Well, so my next tale is one that begins and ends, for that matter, in New Zealand. I was there. I was 25, and I was on a bus tour by myself because that's how I roll. And, and it was like from the North Island to the bottom of the South Island. So as soon as I got on the bus, I mean, it was other young backpacker types, of course, but the driver I noticed immediately was this absolute psychotic legend, like total character, Kiwi accented, big old bearded, crazy drunk guy, definitely seemed belligerent and scary. He was kind of scary. Not kind of, he was scary. But I was like, whatever, I put it in my headphones. We were from going from here to there. And he was like, okay, we're going to stop at this waterfall. Everybody out. And we all got out. We stumbled out. And um, it was just on the side of the freeway, this parking lot. And we followed this little trail. And there were other people parked there too, up to a waterfall that was super beautiful. And there were literally thousands of sea otters. Nope just regular freshwater otters. <laughs> and it was really beautiful and really crazy. And we were all like, ooh, ah. And again, I didn't know anybody that, I was, that was on the bus. And he had told us we had 15 minutes uh, on our break. And I didn't think I was lagging. I felt like I was, you know, making my way back to the bus, do to do quick, quick turnaround. And I walked through the clearing to the parking lot and I did not see the bus anywhere. And I was looking around and I was starting to feel panicky. All my stuff was on the bus and it had definitely left me. And thank the travel gods, this nice couple saw my facial expression and could tell I was like not okay. But they could tell I was not okay and they offered to help me. So I was like, yeah, we got to catch that bus. They just left. My stuff's on the bus. And we all got in their car and we charged to the next town. And again, thank travel gods because the bus had stopped for lunch. And I saw it. I I spotted it. I was like, oh my gosh, there they are. We pulled over. They were at a restaurant and I was too afraid to chew out or say anything to the bus driver. I just like got back into the group and milled around like a little wiener and I didn't say no, but none of the passengers, nobody had any clue that I had had this little like mini episode <clears throat> and I just, you know, got back on and pretended like nothing happened. <laughs> and that's my story. My last tale and the most twisty tourney starts in Nicaragua. This was years ago. I was working at a different surf camp as the yoga teacher and they happened to have this um, rock star on retreat there who had been in a like really no, well-known band you guys would know it um like in the o's early o's the aughts or whatever whatever and he the waves were pumping and he wanted to go surf the island point which is where we go when it's big and loco 
who is this local guy friend. So loco, this local guy was the surf guide. And then I tagged along and hopped on the boat because I could. And it was huge. And we, I caught this wave and I got to the end and the whitewash ate me. And I found myself tumbling around in the whitewash. And it was like super powerful. And I was in a ball and my knee came up to my nose and I hit myself in the face with my own knee. And I was like, oh, my nose, ah, underwater. And then I hit the bottom, but I put my hands down on the rocks and it's really rocky there. And I, I pushed against the bottom and came up with like my nose bleeding. And I looked at my hand and my middle finger on the pad of it had no joke, maybe 30 to 40 sea urchin spines stuck in it, just the one finger. And I got on the boat and my friend Loco was like, oh, you're fucked. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I'm fucked. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you're, he was laughing at me. He's like, this, you're, you're, this is not good. So we tried to take out a couple of them then and it, it didn't really work. And the rock star finished up his surf and we went in and my finger was like swelling up big time. And I went to the local clinic and this sweet local lady was like, also laughing at me while trying to pull out these sea urchin spines, but, but it was getting, my finger was getting bigger and bigger. She pulled out maybe like 20 of them and she's like, we're going to have to come back to this. And I went back the next day, long story short, we couldn't get all of them out. So I was like, okay, maybe they'll dissolve, you know, whatever. And time went on and my finger got infected, which can happen. And I took antibiotics and they didn't work. So I ended up on antibiotic what would be an IV is what you would do in the United States to clear up like uh, infection that pills are not getting. Because I was in the middle of nowhere, instead of getting an IV of antibiotic, I got, the local lady was giving me shots once a day of, of antibiotics into my bloodstream. And the last day of the series, I was supposed to go to Brazil that morning to do a capoeira thing. I was going to meet up with my cousin and I was like, shoot, and the clinic wasn't going to be open. She wasn't going to be able to give me the last syringe of the shot. And so I happened to be dating a guy at the time who had previously been an IV drug user and he said that he could do it for me. (laughs) And I wouldn't definitely like now in my life would never, like he was really wanting to help me out. But I would not put anybody in this situation again. I feel horrible. It did not, it was not cool. He was shaking. It definitely brought up, it triggered him for sure. Honestly, it would have been safer if I just did it myself because his hand was like all over the place. But he did it and he had a cigarette immediately after we said goodbye. I got to Brazil. I was like, okay, this episode is over. But then it wasn't over because my finger was still mother friggin' infected. And my cousin and I went to all these clinics in Brazil, in Salvador, which is in Bahia, which is a huge city, like a lot of poverty. And none of the fancy clinics would take us. And everybody kept pointing us to the like public hospital, which is let me tell you, super freaking gnarly. We walked toward the doors and immediately we're like feeling sheepish because there were people there whose honest to God limbs looked like they were falling off, like decomposing bodies kind of a thing, like bleeding everywhere. 
And it was definitely a situation in which we felt extremely privileged because we were these white chicks and they kind of like walked us to the front of the line and put us in the room where they do the exams, which it was a bunch of beds in one room where everything was happening at once. So there were surgeries going on, just open air in the room, like beds right next to each other. One person's body is open and the surgeons are in there. And then the person next to them has like, you know, an eye infection or something like, and we were watching, there was blood on the walls, like in the hallway everywhere. The walls were like coated in blood. We, we were like standing in the middle of the hallway, trying not to touch anything. And we watched a guy in a bed who was having surgery on him from a gunshot wound die. And then it turned out we heard from the doctor that the bed across from that bed where a guy was also, he was acting crazy. I think he was also injured. I can't remember what his injury was, but he was the one that had shot the guy that died. And needless to say, we wanted to get out of there as soon as possible. And again, like total privileged, we went to the front of the line and I felt like such a fucking jackass because I was like, no, my finger hurts. (laughs) Like here I am for my fucking finger. So dumb. So dumb. And they gave me like, they gave me attention. They gave me the thing and I walked out. Anyway, that was the end of it. That was the end of it. The swelling went down. It was like months long, this whole twisty, turny adventure. And that brings us up to the current day. My finger is completely fine. But I'll tell you what, whenever I go surfing at the island, I make it like I try so, 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 so hard not to touch the bottom. And also, I will never, the other takeaway, don't make an ex-IV drug user give you a shot. The other takeaway is... Uh, let's all be grateful for, uh, healthcare question mark. (laughs) The best things in life are free and they usually involve a frog being squirted at your face from above and some otters that are not saltwater creatures and a rock star on a boat. When shit goes wrong, it's actually really fun sometimes because then you end up in really weird situations that you can tell your friends later and you don't have to panic or be sad or scared when things don't go well, because that's just going to happen. If, if you're a dumbass like me, or if you're perfect, things are going to go, you, you can't control what happens in the world, but you control, you can control your attitude about it. The end. Thanks so much for listening to Second Breakfast, a podcast by Surf with Amigas. If you like what you heard, think of a surf friend who might like it too and send it their way. Give us a follow, rating, or a review on your favorite podcast platform to make sure you won't miss the next episode and help others find us. We are all about community, so please do keep in touch and let us know your thoughts and what you'd like to hear. Find us on Instagram or sign on to surfwithamigas.com for updates and inspiration to explore retreat dates and locations. While you're there, check out our blog and join our newsletter.